on the CBS Saturday Night Movies. This gentleman saved this little girl's life, but they accused him of harming her. We'll do this ourselves. And he was tragically murdered. Now, one by one, the men of this town are dying. Who is his avenger? Is it the dead man's grief-stricken mother? They killed my boy! The little girl who loved him. I know what you did to Baba. Or could it be the Scarecrow? Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, coming up next. Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew. I'm Mark. And you are listening to TV Movie Night. Mark, we have a lot of TV Movie Nights, but I think this one is going to be a special one. You know why? Why is that? You know, I'm just feeling it, all right? Okay. I'm, just, I'm just, you know, sometimes you come in. I've got a feeling just, about today's episode. You know, Han Solo or C-3PO can have a bad feeling about things. Right. How come that isn't a catchphrase? I have or, a good did feeling. He, did he say that in Solo? I, I think there's yes. somebody, somebody at some point does say, I have a good feeling about this. I have a good this. feeling about this. I believe he says it definitely in the trailer. He says it in the trailer, and everyone's like, oh, oh, I see. I see, I see what they're doing. doing. I see what they're doing. Mark, television movie night, how are you? Andrew, I'm conflicted. You're conflicted? I'm confused, oh, and I'm lost. No. I don't know who oh, I am anymore. All right, well, well, let's, let's I have a tale finish. for you. As, as always, yes, go the, on. The, how are you doing? I'm, I'm So, okay. there I am. At, uh, I went to a wedding a few weeks ago, right? Okay, okay yeah. And Thanks for the invite. Some of my bosses were at this wedding. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Big, yeah. Big boss man. Oh, uh, the, the <laughs> big boss man. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, I'm at a wedding, and uh, before the wedding, like three weeks before the wedding, I had sent a very nice, very sincere very earnest email to my bosses. Yeah, earnest, scared, stupid. It was, Ernest goes to jail. Yeah, oh. Ernest, go, and Ernest goes to AOL and gets a, and gets a job. Oh, okay. Writes right. an email. All right. So I had written this email to my bosses, right? Mm-hmm. Very sincere, very earnest. Talking about, because they had sent it. Okay, all right, hang on. <laughs> all right, six years ago, Mark. So where it all started was. <laughs> no, all right, so. Three months ago or whatever. Oh, no. Okay. Jeez. Oh, it's a play within right. a play. Okay. Mousetrap, it's called. Oh, God. My bosses send an email to everybody in my department saying, stop being assholes. Copy. I write back a very sincere email saying, thank you for letting us know that we're being assholes. And I got something for right you right Thank you. Let me know. If the complaints are about me specifically, mm-hmm. because I would like to know. And then I talk about how much I like the show, how much I like my coworkers, how great things are. These are all lies, Mark. No, I did this, right? <laughs> so, no, I know that you sent it, but I so, can tell you right now, the words in that email, nothing but lies. So I'm at this wedding, right? And my bosses are there, and it's my bosses and their significant others. And they start arguing about whether or not my email was sincere or mm. not. And whether or not it was a sarcastic asshole move. Mm -hmm. And I say, it was sincere. It was 100% sincere. So then one of the bosses says, let me read this to you. Mm. 
He reads it. Now, was this Kelsey Grammer reading yes. it? He said, uh, I'm the motherfucking oh, boss of this department. So he reads the email to me verbatim, what I had written. And by the end of it, I was like, maybe I was sarcastic. Oh, God. You can't even tell anymore? <laughs> I can't even tell anymore. Because I was like, that, that did sound shitty. Like, yeah. that sounded real. Wouldn't you? Real rude. Wouldn't you? Real fucked up that I would use, like, work time to send this email that's like, Especially yeah. Especially when you use the phrase, weird shit doing yeah. weird shit during the day. Thanks, assholes. <laughs> Uh, you're all doing a gangbusters yeah, job maybe maybe we would stop being assholes if you guys could get off your asses for once mm-hmm. <laughs> basically was what the tone of the email was and i was like well i certainly didn't mean it that way but um yeah no. the words in that order do reflect the fact <laughs> that those what that's what that, that means. is what i felt at that time so now i don't even know i can't tell that's why I'm you're being... conflicted so yeah. who won the bet then i had to give it up because i was like Looking at the content of that email, yeah, I would also assume that I was an asshole. All right. Well, why? Perhaps. Oh, now here's what you should do in the future, as opposed to just sending text, which I I will admit, tone and no, but this was an it, email. No, I know. You send an and email. And I think that I can make I can convey a certain feeling with my ability to write words. Uh huh. But apparently, I was dead wrong. Well, perhaps now in the future, just re- you should record them, yeah, so that they can hear when you're leaning into things, you know. Well, no, I think what I need to do is I need to way to go, asshole. I need to you s- did it again. I need to send when I send them these texts, these big block emails. I need to insert certain pictures. Of me doing the jerk off motion <laughs> after phrases, so they can be like, oh, okay, oh, okay. All, all right. right. Well, I now I see what doing. he's doing. Uh, did um, well, did they come to you and say you were the one being an asshole? They said it was funny. Oh, so you're allowed to get away with it? Oh, I get up. Oh, I don't man. know if you're aware of this, Andrew. <laughs> you're making the jerk off motion right now. I get away with everything. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's good to hear. That's a good position to be in in your department, I guess. Right? Yeah. That uh, you can come in and be shitty, and they're like, "That's that rat. Oh, that scamp. That scamp. What a." But then somebody else does the same thing. I'm like, "Oh, what a fucking dickhead. Yeah, he's gone. Fuck's gone. Guy. Cut him. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Take his take his badge. He's fucking us hard. <laughs> hard. Yeah, that's what the that's what the boss that's would what say. Boss would say if somebody else had written this exact same email. Well, Mark, I'm glad that you're you've got uh, this. Uh, this crisis within you about yeah. whether or not you, you can't even tell anymore. You've gone too far down the road, Mark. Yeah. It's you thought it's 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 like the departed. My, you don't, you my, don't know whose side you're right, on anymore. Ex- except it's sarcasm and it's just me. So, <laughs> so Vera Familia is earnestness and uh, I guess Wahlberg, Wahlberg is like contempt. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, this is a weird metaphor. There's a rat at the end of it, regardless. We know that. Much. Yeah, there's a there's a big fat rat. You see, because it's symbolism, Mark. Powerful, Mark. We're talking about TV movie night here on the podcast network. Oh, this isn't the this isn't the show where we talk about my internal <laughs> struggles. It doesn't matter what show it is. Oh. Generally, that's what it becomes. That's usually, what it is. Usually, but we're starting with the framework of television movie night. This is a podcast where you and I talk about made-for-TV movies and discuss them at length because I don't feel like people are making them anymore. Not enough, certainly. Not enough. You go to the theater, you see a bunch of art house things, and you're like, that's cool, I guess. 
But, you know, sometimes you want to just sit at home. These penguin, penguins call that marching? No. That's no, waddling. That's, that's nothing. But you want to just sit at home. You want to see all your favorite uh, TV actors. Sure. Pretending to Flexing be like their muscles. Pinocchio or, or something weird. Gulliver. Yeah, that's what you want to see. And that's what we're taking on. And, of course, it's it's October here. The spookiest month. It's the scariest month. So we've been blazing through made-for-TV movies of the horror and scare variety. Yes. Last week, we had Invitation to Hell. Wes Craven's Invitation which to Hell. Which was terrifying. Uh, yeah. We've dealt with alien invasions via Project ALF. Yes. We had a Dracula show up. Yeah, we've covered it all. We've got the devil. We've got, we've got the devil. Aliens. aliens. Um, a Dracula. A Dracula. And now, this week, in our final, final horror movie of the month, we've got Scarecrows. The, the, the killer scarecrow the genre. Word, the word scare is right in it, right? That's right. terrifying. And the crow is one of the top five scariest birds one of the top five, it goes, it's an easy list. Yeah. It goes ostrich, emu, emu, raven, <laughs> raven, crow, number four, and number five, interestingly enough, uh, uh, ostrich again. No, yeah. It's, on, it's, it's on there twice. Do you ever see one of those things? Uh-huh. Oh my God. They're the, terrifying. The, of course, an emu looks similar to an ostrich. So three, so really three of the three top time. five are basically ostriches. Yeah, large flightless birds. Ravens are terrifying as well. And then you got crows. Yeah. They're smart. You know that? They don't forget. They memorize faces. They human me- faces. They memorize faces. They can add. They can unlock Like they can unlock locks. Yeah, they can use tools. And a group of them is called a murder. Think about that. Think about it. That's why they're th- that's why they're the fourth scariest. They're smarter than they're not number one because because no. they're not. They're not giants. Jesus Christ! They are <laughs> they are basically feathered lizards. They are dinosaurs. Didn't go extinct, no. Mark. They turned to ostriches, and we put them in Australia with a bunch of criminals. Right. All right. God knows what they're doing <laughs> down there. What are they planning? But we're talking about 1981's Dark Night of the Scarecrow, and we're gonna dive into it in a segment. I like to call, What Do You Know? Mark, what do you know about the year 1981? Andrew, big year. Big year. We were getting out of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Done we, with it. We are done with we're the 70s. done with the 70s. We are done with polyester. We are done with large collars. It's a working man's type of... That's right. It's decade. It's now time for cocaine, one man seduction yes. to take hold of a of a of a waiting American audience. A nation just waiting to be told what is this cocaine and why is it so seducing? <laughs> Mark, what happened in 1981? Nothing too exciting. Nothing. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a you know, sometimes you, you see there's years, rebuilding years. You see, yeah, this and was, that's this really was definitely what it was. a rebuilding year for the world. They said you know, the 79 was pretty solid, right. 80 was okay, 81, mm. could do without it. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Uh, the DeLorean is first introduced in 1981. Wonderful car. You couldn't open the doors without having a, a battery connected to it. Really? So uh, there's a famous story that Johnny Carson was driving down the 405 in his DeLorean and uh, the power, the electrical system failed, so he couldn't actually get out of his own car 
because you can't open the gull doors without uh, battery power. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. Uh, Rupert Murdoch buys the Times and the Sunday Times for 12 million pounds. Wow. Beginning his his empire, his yeah. media empire over there. Ronald Reagan is shot in the chest and wounded by John Hinckley Jr. Famously said, I forgot to duck. That's right. Afterwards. And then he said, I hope you're all Republicans to the doctors that were operating on him. Hilarious. He's got a good sense of humor. You know, he survived, though. I do always wonder. You ever see the footage of that? You ever watch the footage of that? That it's a magic trick that those... Those security, Secret Service officers come out with, like, Uzis. Right. Like, automatic weapons instantaneously. You see Reagan, and he's waving, and he's saying, hey, hey, hey. And then, pop, 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 you hear the shots. Down goes Reagan. There's a big panic, and then somehow seven guys have, like, semi-automatic yeah, weapons. Yeah, gigantic guns. Guys in suits. Guys like, in they suits. Where were they hiding these? I do always wonder what would have happened to Jodie Foster's career had John Hinckley been successful killed the president mm-hmm. and then she fell in love with him because oh. that was the reason that he was going after the president well because he was like if i kill him she'll fall in love with me well i at some point love conquers all it right does. it does he showed her this here's this thing that i'm gonna do for you yeah but he didn't have the follow through oh well, that's the thing if you, if you fail so then she's like what do i want what you? a dork yeah <laughs> i don't want Loser. that uh, MTV uh, is introduced in 1981. Video killed the radio star. Ronald Reagan appoints the first female U.S. Supreme Court justice in Sandra Day O'Connor. Recently in the news. Fortunately, yeah. And uh, France abolishes capital punishment in 1981. Good for them. Lowercase punishments only. But we're talking about... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> fucking dare you. Man. I'm so angry. October 24th, 1981. Which is when this miraculous piece of footage, The Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, airs on CBS, Mark. Yes. It's uh, supposedly, according to film historians, the genesis of the killer scarecrow Scarecrow genre. Of course. We've seen a million of these. This movie was directed by Frank uh, De Felita. Mm -hmm. Frank De De Felita? He's the author of the book Audrey Rose. He's more of an author, more known more as being an author yeah, than anything else. Did he write a bunch of like yeah, letters to Hustler? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did he write a lot in comment sections on YouTube for this for his own movie? Yeah, he's like first, and then he's like this yeah. sucks, and then and then after that, it's very quickly like I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> I was at, oh wait, I, oh, whoops, this was supposed to be. I got I got these confused. A hustler, but he's still typing it all out. Um, no, didn't he write a bunch of like um, Playhouse ninety? Uh, TV show, or was that the writer that wrote this? I think the writer. This is the director. Okay. Uh, director, more of an author. He wrote a book called Audrey Rose, which was later turned into a film starring John Beck and Anthony Hopkins in 1977. Wow. I believe it's about a child who gets like visions or something like that, and the parents have to deal with it. I don't know. I very okay. briefly looked at it. Written by J.D. Fiegelson. Uh, he is a horror writer. He wrote an episode of the 1986 update of The Twilight Zone. Ooh. He also wrote uh, 1985's Chiller, which is another television yes. movie directed by yes. Wes Craven. Yes. So we would have gotten to that one had 
October been slightly longer and spookier. Thanks, Obama. And Alf not being as terrifying as he is. Well, I I told you, you I couldn't, to make I couldn't do Alf. anymore. I couldn't yeah. do it. I was like, this is too terrifying. This uh, movie is starring Larry Drake, who you might know from L.A. Law Dark and Man. Dark Man. He's the bad guy in Dark Man. Uh, we've got the real... This is the this this is have you we have buried the lead here yeah because the actual lead of this movie is Charles Durning right one of the greatest character actors of all time. of all time wearing Hudsucker well uh, yes he Happy uh, O'Daniel, O'Daniel. Uh, he's in Dog Day Afternoon he's in the best little whorehouse in Texas he's yeah in he's Tootsie. in everything he's in everything you've seen this guy and he's incredible we could. Why don't we? We could also get us a scarecrow, Pappy. <laughs> and we look like a bunch of Johnny Come Latelys. We've also got Jocelyn Brando, who's the older sister of Marlon Brando. Oh. She was in a movie called The Big Heat. I've seen that movie. Uh, but that is that's the uh, that's well, the pedigree we're dealing with. It's also got okay. It's also got the guy. Who is in? Oh, hold on a second. Okay. All, all right. right. I don't want to. Let's Fine. let's let's leave a, a bit of a surprise for the people. All sure. right. I know what you're gonna say, but okay. let's leave it. That's top billing. That's yes. at the top of the card here. Yeah. So 1981, Mark. Before you watched this movie, what were you thinking was going to happen? Honestly, I thought that because we watched the trailer. We did watch the trailer. After, That's all the information during we the trailer. Had. I was like, okay, so it's probably the mom. Whoever gets murdered, it's probably their mom, and it's going to be like a murder mystery like that. I did not expect it to actually be a killer scarecrow. Well, in in my mind, I was thinking because I was we we told we were told it was going to be it's the killer scarecrow franchise, and watch the trailer where you see a couple deaths, and you're like, okay. So what I was imagining it was because 1980 mm-hmm. was the debut of Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. So what I was imagining is some writer somewhere being like, okay, we'll just take that. It's a big guy, or it's a big stalking figure, because yes. in, the, in the first Friday the 13th, didn't have a hockey mask. No. It was his mom as All well. Along, yes. Yes. Uh, spoiler. So he, we're going to take that, but instead of it's a big hulking figure in a camp somewhere, it's a scarecrow. Out in the woods. Out in the woods that is going to just be coming, Farm country, coming around and murdering people. Right. And they're going to be walking along, and they're going to hear footsteps. They're going to say, oh, that's just a scarecrow. And they're going to keep walking along, and they're like, is it getting closer? What? And then there's a scene where there's, like, the the police are after them, right? After the scarecrow. And then uh, they get to a field, and there's a hundred scarecrows. Ooh. Huh? And they don't know which one one it is and which one's just a scarecrow. And and then, like, it's revealed because... There'll be a, like a police will be driving by and they'll look in the field and there'll be crows just sitting on a scarecrow. Right. And he'll say, that scarecrow's not very good at his job. Right. And that's the tip off that, you know, it's a real, it's person, a real person in there yeah. that's going to. Or. Okay. Uh, the cop car hits the scarecrow. Right. Mm-hmm. Explodes. It's made out of crows. Oh. And then they'll say cause of death. Murder. Of, of crows. crows. <laughs> Count it. Yeah. From downtown. But uh, I will say right up front, that's not what happens no, in this. Not really. Surprisingly. So we're going to jump in. Mark, act one, scene one. We are introduced to, uh, to Bubba. Bubba. Bubba, who is uh, played by um, 
Larry Drake. Larry Drake. He is a mentally challenged man. Right. He's now, a big guy. Right off the bat, Mark, how do we feel about this performance and about this trope, I guess? I, I mean, you, it's it, we, have a, we have a mentally challenged man who's playing with a little girl. They're out in the field, and it, they are making uh, flower chains Garland. together. Yeah, garlands or... Uh, lays. Lays. They're making yeah. lays. The portrayal of the mentally challenged in film has always been problematic. Yes. You run the gauntlet of... Uh, I am Sam. Yes. To... Um, That's at the bad end of the spectrum, yeah. right? Okay. Irons. Uh, I am Sam to... Uh, Simple Jack from... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the good end. That's, that's the good end of Tropic Thunder. Yes. Uh, I. It's tough, right? Yes. It's... But, again, there's a rich history of mentally disabled people. Of mice and men. Of mice and men, sure. Like, generally not accurate depictions. There's also, like, oh, in... Um, Ernie Hudson is in... Uh, Hand the rocks the cradle mm-hmm. as a mentally really? a mentally challenged mentally person. challenged person. Yes, and you're like that's Ernie Hudson. Like, yeah, I know there's no it's Winston. <laughs> he, he's fine. He's totally normal. Why is he pretending to be like like that's that's always the issue whenever I'm watching movies now is I'm like so it's about a guy who's pretending to be mentally challenged. Yeah, because it's obvious he is not. Also, because I always feel like people who actors who attempt to play mentally challenged people generally try and swing for the fences on their performances. And you're just like, well, they all, yes. They also have to, at some point be like, do you want to meet a mentally challenged person? So that you could maybe no, No? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Like I got it. You'll just, you'll just watch another movie and then play bigger. Just, yeah. Okay. Amp it up. There's a, uh, there's a television movie that Rosie O'Donnell was in where she plays a mentally challenged person. Sounds good. And it, if I remember correctly, just involved a lot of her kind of screaming. Yeah. And like not making eye contact with people. It was, uh, it's always, it's cringing. It's cringy. Yeah. And thankfully in this circumstance, we don't have to see that character. And it's not because, hold on a second. It's not because we don't, we, that there shouldn't be stories involving characters that are mentally challenged. Right. It's just that usually they're used as a, they're just like, it's a sympathetic secondary character that kickstarts. It's also generally a plot device. Yes. That there is, there. There's a guy around who's dumb. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. But rather than just write a guy who's dumb, we want to make you feel bad for them by giving them what we perceive to be what this handicap looks like basically yeah, yeah. Uh, so know. he's hanging out with the little girl exactly so he's hanging out with the little girl meanwhile then they're, they're being very uh they're Innocent. both childlike yeah all right this that's that is his portrayal of of bubba here is that he is very childlike meanwhile we pull back to reveal they're being watched by somebody through binoculars right and it's it's Charles Durning. Right. The mailman. The mailman. An evil mailman watching Bubba and the child play together. This right. girl, Mary Lee. And he's just angry. He's so he's angry. Just mad he's mad like, that Bubba's Ooh, hanging out with Mary Lee. That damn Bubba. So he's convinced that Bubba is going to do something bad. Right. He doesn't know what, 
But it's he says it's, 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 this isn't right. Right. This isn't right. It's not right. It's he's dangerous. He shouldn't be around this kid. He um, yes. He's we like, need to protect. We her. need to protect her. We need to do something. So he goes off. Uh, and continues on his postal route and complains to Harless, who is played by Lane Smith. Yes. Now, if you don't recognize that name, you definitely recognize this guy's face as he plays the prosecuting attorney in My Cousin Vinny. Right. That's the guy who he goes to complain to. He is also Perry White from The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Mm -hmm. And he's tough guy number two in that episode of The Rockford Files that we watched. Yes, you know, it's so all, it's this all, guy's been in everything. He's been in everything. Two youths. He goes back. Well, he doesn't say two No, youths. he doesn't. It's, it's uh, Herman Munster. Right. He goes and he complains. He goes back and he complains. He's so fired up. He's like, ah, these are, Bubba's out there doing God, God knows, knows what. <laughs> and Lane Smith says, well. Meanwhile, it is 1230 in the afternoon and Lane is drinking. He's drinking uh, and, um. Charles Durning has probably delivered maybe three houses worth of mail at this right. point. <laughs> He's uh, like, well, at this point, I'm probably not going to get the rest of these in. I might as well just head back. Nobody will. Nobody will notice. All right. Uh, Lane Smith is is a farmer. Mm-hmm. He says, well, I don't mind knocking that guy around if you want me to kick his head in. Right. And Charles Durning says, well, he's dumb. He's a dumb guy. He won't he, even remember. He's not going to remember he's getting his ass kicked. That he got his ass kicked. <laughs> we kicked his ass before. It didn't right. work. So Charles Durning suggests maybe a more permanent solution, oh, no. which Lane Smith he bristles against, saying, "Look, I I don't mind kicking some. Like I said, again. I don't mind assaulting the mentally handicapped. exactly. But I will beat but a I'm mentally handicapped person to the brink of death. Right. But I'm not going to murder. I'm not them. a monster. Oh, come, come on. on. I mean, use your head. I'm Charles. a good person. Uh, so Charles Durning takes off in his car. And he says, mm, well, I don't." I not, don't. It, I don't like that. It is not his car. It is. It's the postal, the postal truck. truck, which will become hilarious to me in a couple of scenes. So Mary Lee and Bubba head back in. They're, the setting of this is probably present day. Yes, uh, but it's in a rural town. It's yes. out. It's a lot of country dirt roads. Uh, Mary Lee and Bubba head back, but Mary Lee spies a yard full of garden gnomes, and she wants to check them out. As any young child would. Fascinated by garden gnomes. Right. Look at all of these, the wonders of the garden gnome. (laughs) She wants to get in through the fence, but Bubba says, well... That's trespassing. He's like, that is is two to five years if you break something. Uh, Bubba says he'll get in trouble. Bubba doesn't like to get in trouble. He's not going to go into the fence. Right. And Mary Lee says, you pussy right. right you straight up puss All right. right i'm gonna go hang out with, with my gnome friends the coolest garden gnomes and we're gonna laugh at you and you can stay here looking like a big fat scaredy cat right. you scaredy cat so she hops in through the fence but there's a strong good reason there's a fence there because they got a goddamn dog they right? have a giant rottweiler it looked like that Who, doesn't like children playing with her garden gnome those are the dog's garden gnome yeah, they weren't they're not the owners no the owner's renting from the dog <laughs> so the dog attacks mary lee bubba then crashes through the fence like the kool-aid man right and uh he then we cut to a house where there's a door being knocked on right the door opens 
Mary Lee's mother sees Bubba holding Mary Lee's bloodied body. Right. And bloodied and unconscious body. Bubba's like, I didn't. I, di- I did. Now, I'm, uh, uh, now hold on a this second. looks now, this, bad. This is going to look bad. I'm, but, I, I, I want to get out ahead of this. Right. <laughs> Just give me a second here. I, me, didn't do this. this. Yeah. I, mm-mm. This is, uh, again, I'm going to say it looks poorly on my right. part. I agree right? with you. I, I agree with like you. If, if again, I was where you were, if this were a and you were where I was, and I saw then it, yes, yes. I could but, complete, but, but I'm going to say right now for the record, as long as you're listening, I, I can hear you're screaming, but I did not do this this time. Last time, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll never the, know. We'll the jury, probably the jury's never know. out on that one. <laughs> so, oh my God, she's been attacked by this dog. Durning then... Right, so smash cut to Charles Durning back at the post office. Somebody comes in, and they're like, hey, did you hear about Mary Lee? Right. And he says, no, what happened? She's dead. Lane comes in and says, you were right. It finally happened. She's dead. Bubba killed her. The sheriff is getting a posse together. We got to round him up. We got to go find Bubba and do something about this. So let's go to the courthouse, which is where the posse is. Charles Durning closes and locks up shop which well you, you can't do that well, it's like, post no, office. it needs to stay open during the regular business what hours if someone, yeah someone needs a passport that day <laughs> what are you <laughs> gonna do oh, oh, oh no. come on <laughs> and the best part is he he's like all right finally so he locks up right and then he opens his gun drawer opens the drawer which and is, takes out a gun there's the only thing in it it's a it's is a single it's an empty drawer that only has a pistol in it right so he takes that out well, what would you prefer? Would you prefer if that was in the drunk drawer or junk drawer? And he's like, like I got a thumbtack and a, a rubber a band coupon for Chinese bunch food. Bunch of packets of I ketchup. I don't even know if this place is still around. Oh, uh, there's my gun. Might as well hold on to it, though. But the, they're not going to the courthouse. No, no, no. They they're getting, know. They're getting their own posse together. They know where Bubba's going. Yeah. He's going, going to ground. He's going back home. That's We're right. We're not going to waste our time. So now we get a great scene of... Cars driving. Yeah. As we collect the doughiest, whitest people. Yeah. The rest of the posse gets formed. We have we have uh, Lane. We have Charles Durning. They pick up a skinny mechanic mm-hmm. who's kind of a goof. And then we pick up who I'm going to... He's the fat guy. Yeah. All right. There's the... Even though Charles even Durning, though Charles Durning is, is very is fat. kind of fat. We, we have, have, we have a fat fatter guy. guy. Right. We have a fat guy here who is also involved... Uh, and the four of them are in a flatbed. Tr- oh, and they've got dogs. They they've dogs. got bloodhounds right. as well to go track down Bubba, who is who uh, also knows. Again, as, as he explained See, to his mom, know, now, I, again, I this, know how uh, this, this looks. looked bad. So he's running through the woods. So we're cutting in between that he's running through the woods, and he's we're the 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 they're on they're on the truck. They're chasing him down. They're using the dogs. They're sniffing him through the woods. Finally, Bubba ends up back at his house, who he explains to his mother. He says, "I again, I tried to tell everyone. People think that I hurt somebody. I didn't but I do didn't. it. Again, you're gonna." She have says, to... "I know you didn't. You're you're, you're a good boy. All right. You're, Let's you're... play the hiding game. We're gonna play the hiding game. We know last time that this happened, which seems again, all too recent. Happened, yeah, far too recent. <laughs> We're going to do that again. We're gonna play the hiding game. So they go off. So then Charles Durning and his posse show up to the house. They approach his mother." And they say, we know Bubba's here. The dogs have led us to the house. Right. And uh, Bubba's mom tells him to go piss up a rope. Sure. <laughs> he Char- says, Keep in mind, as this is happening, Charles Durning is still dressed as a postman. He's a postman. He's a postman throughout the whole thing. This, I cannot imagine the problems that this would cause. That they're like, wait a minute. You were dressed as a postman? 
while you joined a posse? <laughs> like, yeah. Like the county know? postmaster is like, so you you just kept wearing your official uniform. Well, I was like, I'm an officer of the government. I That's the thing. You're, you deliver mail. As an officer of the government. Sometimes you do that. <laughs> Other times you seem to fall asleep in your truck. Yes. Uh, Bubba's mom tells him, you don't have any jurisdiction here. You're not coming to my house. Right. If the police officer wants to show up and the sheriff wants to show up, then that's a different story. Right. He says, well, the sheriff coordinated the... The posse. the posse, so and I'm a postman, right. right? I'm a member of the government. They were not deputized because they didn't go to the where exactly. There the, wasn't a swe- they didn't go to the swearing, swearing in ceremony. But they're like we we would have. We were there. All right, heard about our names it. on the list. So Bubba's mom tells him fuck off, right. closes the door. Meanwhile, the dogs are going crazy because they sense something nearby. The dogs lead them into the back where there is a farmer's field, mm-hmm. and in the farmer's field. There is a scarecrow posted up. The dogs are con- consistently going crazy because now they're sniffing at the scarecrow. Right. Charles Durning, the, they think the dogs must have, I don't know. The, these, these are dumb dogs. They're dumb dogs. Why did we right? these dumb, dumb dogs? Why did we, I want to yell at these dumb dogs. And I'm like, well, 20 minutes ago, you love the dogs. Yeah. It's like in well, Invitation now, to Hell. Now, now I, I hate pay the, to dogs. See the dogs. I want to get murdered. I want to pay a doctor to murder these dogs while in I watch. <laughs> so... Charles Durning looks at the scarecrow, realizes that there's a human face behind the scarecrow's bag eyes, mask, yeah. and uh, gets a, he gets a look in his eye. Charles Durning steps back, readies his gun. Takes his gun out. So does everyone else. Right. And they uh, effectively, firing squad, mow down the scarecrow, which, right. has got, which is hidden Bubba. So right. So they, they blow murder, the sh- they they murder, murder Bubba. Bubba. And as soon as that as happens, soon as they're as done. soon, like literally the last gun goes off and they're like, what a job well right. done. Justice is served. Uh, Lane gets a call on a CB radio in his truck and uh, they're like, hey, uh, where are you guys at? And they're like, well, we're, we're trying to find, we're, we're trying we're, to we're find out. Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, yeah, they called that off like 30 minutes ago. Turns out the girl didn't die. She Not only did she not die. She's fine. She's fine. They released her from the hospital. And she said uh, Bubba didn't have anything to do with this. She, uh, he saved her. Right, because the dog attacked her. And, uh, and then they all look at each boing. other like, ah. Ooh, ah, jeez. If this is huh. good good information. So then uh, Charles Boy, Durning, oh boy. Charles Durning grabs a pitchfork. He's got a pitchfork from the truck. Right. He puts it into the hand of Bubba. Right. On the it keeps slipping rack. out of the hand, and he and keeps putting it back. He jams it in there, and he puts his gonna... hand in the pocket, right, so it like, wraps around right. there. And then a big windstorm starts to whip up. And that's the end of Act 1. That's the end. Now, Andrew, I would... The way that the town... Obviously, I understand that gossip spreads quickly in mm-hmm. a small town. The way that misinformation spreads around this town is shocking to me. That you could go from, oh yeah, girl got bit by a dog, to yeah, she's dead. She's dead and Bubba killed her. So let's go out and get this we gotta guy. Go, we gotta go get this guy. Like, we, we gotta get him. We gotta, we, gotta, what, we gotta get him. What happens in this town if there's like a rolling blackout? Are they like alien invasion? Probably. Aliens. That's it. I don't TV know. TV doesn't turn on? We All see, right. We see in the next scene how fucking crooked and stupid this town is. Right. So the next scene, we come back. It's act two. Uh, thankfully, the courts have stepped in because they just murdered a man in right. cold blood. They shot him like they 13 times. They shot him times. a thousand times. Charles Durning's on the stand, and the district attorney is like, now let me get this straight. Now hold on a second. Right. 
are you trying to tell me that uh, he's like, am I crazy? You have four men armed to the teeth. And they mowed down this man who was, had to hide himself, disguised as a scarecrow. Right. And we're having a we're having a trial to decide if if maybe there is some innocence. And it sounds like some of you are convinced that there was nothing wrong with this. Right. The defense attorney points out that well, it wasn't in cold blood. These men were defending themselves. Right. Because he had a pitchfork. Because they chased him onto his property. <laughs> they chased him onto his property. Where he was hiding. And he, and must, he was and holding he a pitchfork. Grabbed a pitchfork. It was it was self-defense. Yeah. And this district attorney rubs his temples and he goes, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Hold on a second. Uh, he's a mentally challenged man. He has one pitchfork. Mm-hmm. There are four men here that have guns. They lit into him. 25 times <laughs> and you're thinking and you're thinking there's nothing suspicious at all in the story here right and he even asked charles durning on the stand so tell me did you at least try and dissuade him from attacking you before you had to take that last final step of murdering him 25 times right and charles durning lies under the stand he says we shot we 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 yelled we did at everything him. Everything we could. We fired into the air. We yeah. did everything we could before he started to attack us, and we had to do what we had to do. And this, and the judge is like, "Well, <sighs> justice is served." That's a pretty convincing argument. Right. Dismisses the charges. Everyone's innocent. Go home. Right. Bubba's mom is in the is in the gallery. Starts wailing. She screams. And it has to be dragged out by the police saying justice will be served. There's different there forms. There are different forms of justice, of justice than just the law. Right. She gets dragged out. And the DA also, at the end of this, says as he, if he finds a shred of evidence, right. he's going to put them away forever. It, and he Because he, he knows these guys are guilty as sin, but you can't get a fair trial in this town. Right. But the boys, the gang. <laughs> this is one of the weirder elements of this story. The guys are having a great laugh about They're like, ah. how they got away with murdering <laughs> this that guy. fucking guy. And to where I was watching, I was like, Andrew, let's say you, me, Kevin Faust, and Mark and the Rodinator <laughs> yeah. killed a guy. All right. Okay. All right. Got the, away the with it. The of crew. All right. Got away with it. What is the likelihood that afterwards we would be like, so. Chili's? Yeah, let's uh let's get some burgers, some let's brews. Get some burgers and brews. We're gonna let's have, have a good laugh. <laughs> like the fact that they, we'll roll the body, it'll right. be a cinch. <laughs> They're good friends. They're loving each other, and none of them are like, Jesus Christ, we killed that guy. We killed him. We straight up murdered we him. We all have a secret. We almost went to prison for we almost probably almost got the death penalty right for murdering a guy but uh we're gonna go ha- we're gonna go t- tie, no, tie a couple on let's get drunk i guess so they go to the cafe meanwhile at mary lee's house she thinks she sees bubba out the window right she decides to sneak out and head over to bubba's house sneaks into bubba's house right because the little girl doesn't know that bubba was executed right she doesn't she doesn't even know he's dead right so, so she, she thinks that Bubba's just hanging out at his place. She goes and she looks at him. Looks, try, it's at nighttime. Right. Uh, she's trying to find him. She runs into Bubba's mother, who tells her he's, he's not coming back. Right, he's dead. He's he's dead. Right, he's gone. He's gone. He's like, oh, he's he's not gone. He's just hiding. I'll show you where he is. So she runs out back and goes to where the scarecrow would have been. Right, uh, in the in the farmer's field. And uh, is is out there playing with flowers, creepily singing 
Yeah, singing the singing the flower song. You know that one. But uh, let's she, sing it together, Andrew. Flowers, flowers. flowers. Here I we go, flowers. Roses. Flowers. Do 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 do. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. But she tells Bubba's mom, Bubba's just hiding. He's not dead. Oh no, he's just hiding. Meanwhile, life goes on for everybody. The gang, the murder gang, you know, they're they're working on Charles cars and mechanic. Really happy, he's delivering mail. You know, Lane is uh, he's working on uh, uh, his farming uh, apparatus, which right. always just seems to be broken. Uh, there's a thresher that he's working on. Yes, uh, and he's also consistently drinking. And uh, also, Charles Durning looks at pornography during this. That's the other thing. Well, he's, deli- <laughs> he's delivering pornography. Yes. Because somebody has a porno mag subscription, but he decides to peruse the contents before before he puts it to in the mailbox, like, which that seems like a crime. Well, obviously, murdering a guy is also a crime, but I don't think he's a good postman if he's like, "I'm going to look at your dirty mags before turning them in." Well, maybe he's you know he's like good choice. Yeah, probably. The name of the magazine is Boudoir. Yeah, <laughs> classy. Well, yeah, it's a tasteful farm magazine. Lane Smith goes out into his field uh, and uh, finds a very similar-looking scarecrow posted in his field. Right. So the one that they murdered. He runs into Charles Durning, and they both believe that maybe the district attorney has set up a little prank. Well, no. A laugh. He... Lane goes to he goes the to, other jerks. Yes, he goes to the fat guy and the mechanic, and he's like, "You got some fucking nerve playing a real funny prank, right?" right? He he's goes, like, "I'll admit, funny." Again, all right, now I'm yeah, just gonna say I liked it, but I, it, I'm a little jealous. I wish I thought of it, but <laughs> it's a good prank. Uh, but so maybe the maybe the atmosphere is not correct it's, right the, now. It's it's. I would have waited at least a couple more weeks. Right. Uh, they say, what are you talking about? We have nothing to do. And he's like, "It's a fucking scarecrow put up in my field." Right. And they're like, "I." I don't, me. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So then they go to Charles Durning to hash it out. To and, his boarding home. Yes. So this is interesting uh, because he's he lives, Charles Durning lives in a boarding house. So we get like a glimpse of Charles Durning's life that isn't necessarily spelled out, but that like he's this older guy right. who was in the war because yes. he's got a bunch got of a, medals. And, yeah, he's got a stand with a bunch of medals. And, and he, uh, and he drinks, and he's and his bed is made. He drinks, but he hides his drinking, right? Because he, people mention that he doesn't drink. He doesn't drink, and then when he he's taking a a belt of scotch, he like covers it with some uh, mouthwash. mouthwash, right? Then he's mad because he's like, I don't don't ever come here, right? So I don't know if he's ashamed of the fact that he lives Probably. in a boarding house or what the deal is but he he's very angry that they've come and approached him where he lives right so he says it's the da fucking with us he's trying to get us to turn on each other play it cool yeah don't fucking just play it cool man yeah so lane smith is like all right i'm gonna play it cool i, I the, the man who smelled like booze and scope uh he right. said he said everything's fine so that's i that's guess everything's fine lane smith goes home to find that the scarecrow's gone, but there's some activity in the barn. He doesn't. Right. There's some noise happening in the barn, and he goes out there and finds that uh, his uh, wood chipper is on. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, I didn't, I didn't leave those damn kids always coming in here. Use <laughs> the wood on. chipper, never turn it off. I'm not made of wood chipper gasoline." Right. 
So he, he goes in there to turn it off, but he hears something up in the barn loft. So he goes up into the barn loft to look around because he's the, 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 the raccoons, damn kids. I right. don't know. Someone. Goes up into the barn loft, which is directly overhead of this wood chipper. Right. No railing. No railing. Well, why? I mean, come on. Who's Who going to go up into the barn loft and right. fall off into a wood chipper? No Nobody. One. He goes up into the barn loft to look around. The wood chipper turns on mysteriously. Right. Lane somehow looks over the edge somehow. He's also drunk. Uh, he grabs a light post or yeah, he, uh, a he, hanging light. He gets he gets spooked by something, almost falls off, grabs a light post, hangs onto it. It breaks. Right. Then he falls directly into, into the wood, wood chipper. chipper. So Lane, Lane dies and then becomes the district attorney in a different part of uh, Georgia or Mississippi. Right. We now get... A scene that I loved, where Charles Durning is at the breakfast table at his at his boarding house at his boarding house. Where there's a bunch of other old well, we also, old bats yeah, just sitting around. We also have a very interesting continuity cut where Lane yes, falls into great. the thresher, and then our next shot is a big pile of orange or red goop. Yeah, yeah, just a big plop, and we pull back to reveal that it's Durning dishing out some strawberry jams for his, his plate, his, his biscuits, right for his breakfast. breakfast. So. Now we have a scene that would be interminable in its length, just terrible, if not where people slowly explain that last night Lane was probably was killed. Yes. Late last night after Charles Durning had passed out drunk and gone to sleep. (laughs) It takes so long to get this information out, but what's great is in between every detail... Is somebody giving Char- is Charles, Charles Durning, Durning just dishing up more and more just, food? To he's her. got like six fried eggs right. and a pancake and <laughs> two biscuits, and he's just <laughs> and then and, grits and it's and then and like it's a waffle like, on top. It's of not that. like nice looking prop food. No, it's just like it looks like gross food that we literally pulled out of the dining room. And he's room. just glopping and it on his plate, and he's like, like, "Oh, someone died. Oh, that sucks." <laughs> doesn't oh, separate it out. It's no, all it's, one it's big pile, big just garbage barge of breakfast so it's like but also the structure of the scene is oh man did you hear that ambulance driving by late last night uh you want to give us you want to get you want to give me some of those uh yeah some flapjacks okay okay here's some flapjacks no i didn't yeah no they uh yeah they were driving by sirens wailing and then uh you know i noticed the ambulance didn't have the sirens on. no i don't want to interrupt you but that uh, usually a big means... old sign of ham over oh there. yeah here's just... a yeah here's some ham for you right there sirens when they're, when they're off that means that means they're dead inside of there uh usually. well yeah speaking of so, dead um, i feel like i'm dying because i ain't got no biscuits oh, you want some, yeah <laughs> just, just go ahead just, <laughs> just keep smiling on the food <laughs> So gross. Yes, he's got this big fucking thing of food, but he turned. But they finds out that Lane Smith died right when he fell into a fucking wood chipper. One of the most horrific deaths you could imagine. And then we, so then we see Charles Durning goes out to Lane's farm, mm-hmm. and they're like loading the body up into the it, which look, it looks like an actual body. Which, like, which I was I expecting was like, it to be a plastic bag. Yes, it should be a jar. And they're like, here are his earthly remains. But no, we have to assume that it's the upper half of his body. Oh, that he just that, got like, chopped in half? Yeah, he just went legs first, chopped it up, and then that was the end of it. So they go off, and Durning, Durning at least is like, all right, the guy was a drunk. He's an idiot. It, The DA and the sheriff are like, it was an accident. Right. So he goes and tells the mechanic and the fat guy that 
It was an accident. It was an accident. What do you guys want from me? Right. I I know it looks suspicious, but it was probably an accident. They well, they said, well, hold on a second. It certainly doesn't look as suspicious as if somebody tied Lane up to a post and then shot and him then thirty thousand times. Thousand times. But uh, you it's, know these things it's happen. On that level of suspicious. <laughs> but they want to prove it to themselves by saying, well, when you went to the farm, the chipper was off, right? Right. Which means somebody had to have turned it off. Well, not necessarily. What if it ran out of gas? Okay, well, let's, let's go, go take prove a look. It. So they go back so to Lane's a long, farm. Needless scene of them check. The, I do like the fact the great that they gas try and checking scene. I, I mean, I like the fact that they logic it out. But this is like five minutes of the film that could have been crunched into. It's a we hear a VO as a car is pulling up to the the thing saying, "You guys, I don't know why we're checking on this." And it says, "Well, if the if the fucking thing is off, that." Gas can should be bone dry, right. and then we're into the barn, and then they they fucking do it. So they go to the chipper. They put a broomstick in there. Gas can is nearly three three quarters full. Yeah. So it didn't run out of gas. Somebody so, shut it off. Right. They don't know who. Uh oh. What's gonna happen? Durning then figures out. He's like, well, it probably wasn't the Weasley DA because right. the sheriff was involved in this, and I know he wasn't a part of this. So he wants to go ask Bubba's mom about this. Right. He he shows off. Now, you know how you want to just have a simple, easy conversation with someone. Yeah. You know, just, you just, just a, just a, you're just trying to get information. That's trying all. trying to get the facts. So you, again, in your capacity as a mailman. Government official. You show up at her door. Yeah. And you're like, hey, I killed your son. Uh, Got away with it, but because uh, that's the other thing is he never says like for, from her perspective, it's like okay, everybody knows Charles Durning, you murdered my son. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that the, they said it was in self defense, but you murdered him. Yeah, it's like yep. Anyways, I need you to sign. For I, this. I got a package here. Uh, still got to deliver the mail. Right. I don't know whether rain you. nor sleet nor, nor snow nor murder your son. Uh, the postal uh, service is gonna power through so he goes to talk to uh uh he goes to talk to bubba's mom who rightfully wants to tell him to fuck off right but he's putting the screws to her but bubba's mom flips it by saying like look i'm gonna tell you one more time justice can get meted out outside of the rules of law right and the other thing is is that that little girl you stay away from her she's good and you're not right i've seen the way you look at her which is a brilliant turn because yes. in the beginning in the opening shots of the movie you think he's watching bubba no but he's not he's watching the girl right so he's a creep you're she's pervert. Ba- she's she's, she's like I indicating know that the guy's a pedophile right which when that word starts getting thrown around and that in- implication that scares Durning, and he like runs away right <laughs> he gets in his jeep and he peels the I fuck out of there, out of there. Meanwhile, the fat guy finds a very similar-looking scarecrow in his field. Right. Which kind of creeps him out. Now, the fat guy runs a feed bin. Yes. Uh, So he has hogs and he has corn. Yeah. And there's a shot of him walking. He's eating a sandwich, and he's walking by the pigs. But before we see the pigs, we hear the pigs. 
And my immediate thought was, that's that's just rude, guys. Because <laughs> you hear like, oh, and then we see oh, just oh, his big eating, portly face. He's eating a sandwich. And you're like, come on, audio people. That's and then there's pigs, and you're like, oh, okay. All no, right. well, so. th- there's a reason. You know, they they knew what they were doing. Yeah. So we go now. It's Act Three. There's a swinging Halloween party happening. All right. It's not at the country club this time. No. It's at the local school. It's like the rec center. And uh, the BFW. kids, the kids at the town, have decided to play hide and seek. So Mary Lee is. <laughs> so, this is also a scene that I love, where like people don't understand children's dynamics, but you're a screenwriter, so you're like, "Fuck it, I need them to play hide and seek." <laughs> so they're bobbing for apples. No one can get an apple. Then the girl is like, "Oh, I've got a great idea. Let's play hide and seek." And everybody's like, "Yeah, let's do it!" And they run off. Whereas like when I was a kid, and I was like, "Hey, I want to play Star Wars." Everybody be like, "Go fuck yourself. We're bobbing <laughs> for apples." Oh man. Oh, but I want to play Star Wars. Bobbing for apples suck. Yeah. So all the kids decide to go off and, and hide and seek. Mary Lee counts, and then when she turns around, she sees fucking Charles Durning Creepy there Charles in Durning. his postal outfit. Right. Being like, hey, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a couple questions for right. you. Not, I'm the postman. You're not afraid of the postman. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> so murderer. Charles Durning wants to ask a couple questions, thinking that Bubba's mom must have said something to Mary Lee about Bubba and about everything that's happening. Right. So he's just trying to pump her for information. Right. And he's like, look, if you got a secret that you need to tell someone, you can tell me, and it's still secret. All right. He's a creep throughout this entire scene, and it's great. It's like there is such menace in this guy that you're just like, ugh. Yeah. He's gross. Yeah. So Mary Lee decides, all right, fine. You want to hear a secret? Here's a secret. And she goes up to him, and he says, uh, hey, guess what? I know what you did. I know what you fucking did to Bubba, <laughs> you fucking dick. Yeah. Charles Durning was not expecting that to be the secret. <laughs> right. So Mary Lee, then... he says, "Well, I knew that. That's a lame secret." <laughs> yeah, I was expecting it. It's like when kids tell jokes. You're like, "That's not fun. That's, that's not, not a, a good joke. joke. No, that sucks." What did the ghost say to the other ghost? Shut up. That's like a kid joke. It's terrible. <laughs> no, he was hoping she'd be like. Sammy likes Jacqueline. Maybe like, oh, that's some oh, that's, that's some hot that's goss. Some good tea. All right, I'm smelling it. She then runs away. Charles Durning decides to go after her, but then runs into security guard, who I think also knows the implication behind Charles Durning. Right, he gives him a look, and then he's like, "Hey, asshole!" The party's back in the front of the building. Right, and sends him on his way. Charles Durning then goes into the party where he runs into. He goes to get some punch, and uh. A lady ladling it out says, well, this is the spike punch and this is the regular punch. And she's like, oh, that's right. You don't drink. So she gives him the regular punch, which he then pours doesn't it like, out. pours it out, grabs Skips himself a ladle of the spike punch. Right. And then gets nice and warm. Which this is, I guess I haven't been to many kids' parties or parties where there are children. It seems odd to me that both punches are the exact same color yeah, and, they're... and in the same dish. <laughs> like one should say spooky and the other one should say Straight up hard alcohol. I'm I'm assuming one should be behind the desk. Also, yeah, where your children can't serve themselves. Uh, then the fat guy shows up and he's like, "I've seen a ghost." It, it is a good joke. I guess yeah, it's like, <laughs> I still like it. It's we got him good last time. You guys got me. He died though, so maybe. Maybe we don't do this anymore. They all go out to the field, but the scarecrow is now gone. Right, and the fat guy's like. Ugh, look, man, something's got to change here quick. Because if I can, if this stuff keeps happening, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna fess freak up. Out. I'm gonna fess up. I'm gonna tell the police. So then this spurs Durning to go back to Bubba's house. He sneaks in to Bubba's house, right, and confronts Bubba's mother again. But this time, you gotta get a signature. You didn't. You only signed. You only signed the first slip. I need you to sign both slips. It's 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 right here. It, it didn't get through. It's, 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 so the carbon paper. Yeah, you just, gotta, yeah. It's, uh, my, again, my boss is on my ass. <laughs> now, he sneaks in and puts his, his hand over her mouth and threatens her secretly. Right. But he's so secretive and so quiet that he ends up giving her a fucking heart attack. Kills her. <laughs> Kills her. He says, this is, this is also weird and funny. He says, all right, I got your kid. You got my friend. Even Steven. Even Steven. I for Everything's I. fine. There's no need for anybody else to die. Let's just play it cool. Also, we are going to increase the price of stamps, so you might want to pick up some forever going stamps. Going from twenty two to twenty four. Just uh, be aware. Again, if you get forever stamps now, you know you don't, you don't have, have to, to worry pay. About you just pay now, and then they're good there. forever. There's reason it says forever on it. So I'm also, go. we don't have any Christmas Snoopy ones this year. Just yeah. want to let you know on that one. Just get out ahead of it. All right, I'm going to let go of your mouth now. And then he does, and then she doesn't react, and he's like, ah, uh, shit. So now he decides, as he's, he, he freaks out, because he's like, oh, God, I've killed, I killed, I killed both I, of them. They're both dead. So then as he's leaving, a tea kettle starts to whistle. He sees that the, the oven is on. This gives him a brilliant idea. Well, just crank up the gas. Right. So he turns the gas on, and he leaves, and then we get... We get shots between the gas and the fireplace and the gas and the fireplace. And finally, the fucking house explodes. One of my favorite shots in the whole movie. Just kaboom. The cops show up the next morning and uh, they look it over and they say, well, it looks like the old people do this all the time. This happens all the time, which makes me wonder how many other people have Charles Durning killed. Where they're like, oh, yeah. Millions. (laughs) They like they let the old parts of their oven deteriorate, and then the gas lights on, gas and then the gas, and then they don't smell it because they fall asleep, and then the whole house explodes. The DA is not convinced; he's going to continue to look around, but um, obviously Charles Durning did it. Back at the fat guy's place, he hears some noise outside at the hog pen. All right, these hogs are going crazy. All right, they're going, they're going pig wild. Yeah, that's right. You got it. <laughs> He goes outside and hears some noises over by the grain silo uh, and goes to investigate that. But he's a big, fat, scared guy. So he's like, oh, look, man, I don't I don't if you're going to if you're going to kill me, at least announce it ahead of time. And I'll just just don't make me walk too far. I just, just I'm already here, sweating please. underneath my boobs. Uh, <laughs> so he gets scared because he thinks he sees something coming after him. Right. He decides to hide in the grain silo. Now I want to I want to say this right now for the record, if you're going to hide anywhere, hiding in a grain silo is maybe the worst place you could ever hide, ever, uh, ever. I would say inside of a fireplace, pretty bad. Well, at least with the if it's you're inside a fireplace, like unless you're up in the chimney, right? Like if you're inside a fireplace, you can probably see that uh, somebody is going to put some logs, some logs in there. there. Some or, or are are you getting walled up like in the cask of Amaniato? Like that. yeah. that's what's happening. Uh, yes, he goes into the grain silo, but then once he hears that the noise has passed, he, he basically hides in front of a gun. Yeah, because <laughs> once he gets he he can't get out. The door is right. broken. He can't get out of the grain silo. Then something somebody 
turns on the grain loader, which then starts filling up the grain silo, which basically drowns the fat guy in grain. Right. This is... It's a scary... Five years before Witness, so... Also well before uh, 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 Quiet Place would have very similar scenes. Hmm. But yeah, in Witness, he totally people, fucking people, But guy. people have died this way. This is yeah. a terrifying way to die. It's like people die in drowning in, like, those pig lagoons. Yeah. That are in, like, Georgia. They're just... Filled with shit. All right. So now the fat guy's dead. Charles Durning. I thought it was going to be his heart. I thought so too. They play that up a lot because he's like he's got a bad heart. He's taking pills. It's just he's a big fat guy. Incredibly fat. They're like now he drowned in in this. Uh, Charles Durning. Which you know obviously he tried to eat his way out of all that corn, and then just just kind (laughs) of do it. He got out, but yeah. then he, he was like, he was like I think there's a little left. <laughs> yeah, went he went back, back in. in. <laughs> Shoelaces got caught around something, yeah, couldn't write himself. That's when he died. <laughs> <laughs> so Charles Durden goes to tell the mechanic about the fat guy, and this freaks the mechanic out. He's like, oh, we are in way too deep. Yeah. We got to- How many people are dead? And how many did you kill? He's like, so hold on a second. So it's it's not the DA- Apparently, it's not Lane Smith. It's not the fat guy anymore. It's not Bubba's mom because she's gone. Right. Charles Durning is like, it's probably Bubba. It's got to be Bubba. And they're like, they buried him. We murdered him. And we shot him like 100 times. We shot him 100 times. I was there. So Charles Durning says, there's only one way to find out. So we smash cut to a graveyard. Right. (laughs) They're going to dig up a fucking grave. So... Uh, the um, mechanic digs up the grave while Charles Durning watches, because, again, Charles Durning's a big fat guy. He's not doing anything. (laughs) They crack it open, and guess what? There's a body in there. Bubba's in there. Bubba's in there. So the mechanic flips out, and he's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, so he runs away. Now, this, I like this, this scene where he's, he start the mechanic starts to run away. Charles Durning's like, you, settle, settle down, settle down. So there's like a crane shot or a jib shot where, like, Charles Durning leaps off a gravestone and like tackles well, him. Somebody a, a guy, wearing a post office a outfit, guy wearing a postal outfit and a very obvious white uh, wig, does this like bound bounding jump off of a t- tombstone to a like to ram jam. Yeah, he just his just move was drops him. Yeah, uh, gives him a flying shoulder tackle. Right, stops him and is like, "All right, settle down, settle down. We have." Bury the body again. Yes. He's like, we don't want to desecrate the corpse. We don't want to go anywhere. Let's at least bury the body again, and then we can talk about what right. the next step is. And the mechanic's like, all okay. right, well, that makes sense. Puts the mechanic back in the hole to start digging to, to close up the casket, which, Mark, if uh, if you have to dig a grave, mm-hmm. and then somebody says, I need you to dig that grave a little bit more, right. don't do it. Don't do it. Because Charles Durden grabs a shovel brains him brains him just bashes him over the head with it and uh, then starts refilling the grave with both the casket and now the down mechanic in it and so now there's three so he's killed three, three, three people, people since the movie in has like started. two weeks yeah so good on charles durning charles durning then gets back in his jeep and he's like time for some brews <laughs> <laughs> he decides to have a nip of whiskey as he's driving back home on these uh, long country roads. Right. But uh, as he's driving along, he sees Mary Lee in the middle of the road. And he stops the car and looks out. And he's like, what What are you, what are you, what are you doing here? Mary Lee runs into the woods. So uh, Charles Durning gets in his Jeep and then drives, her down. <laughs> drives through the woods. Right. 
Not, uh, again, not his Jeep. The the, the government's The United Jeep. States government's Jeep. Yeah, it's, he's not going to do it in his own personal car. I like that he's doing these personal... Also... A lot you, of personal errands if you're while trying, dressed as a postal worker. Yeah, that's or the other carrier. thing. If you're trying to get away with murder, probably don't drive around in something as... This, this, in your own uniform. As uh, identifiable as your work vehicle with a giant postal uh, uh, logo yeah. on it. Because I can only assume there's probably two maybe there's probably maybe two postal jeeps in this entire town and charles durning has farted up this one so that's a little bit like if i was going if i was like i need to commit a crime uh at my workplace so let me make sure that i have my badge on yeah i uh yeah i'm gonna scan in uh, my shirt my crew shirt from the very first season that i work there so that they know let me go ahead and only so many sign out sign out the golf cart yeah that's where the body's got to be stored yeah, so he chases her through the woods. He crashes his Jeep, but then... Uh, Again, like that's, the well, government's it, Jeep. The government's <laughs> Jeep, the one he's uh, technically in charge of. He then chases after Mary Lee into a pumpkin patch mm-hmm. in front of a giant mobile thresher, which killdozes itself. Again, uh, Andrew, I don't know if you heard me cheer loudly <laughs> at like on Saturday night. But it was when I realized that this was actually a sequel to Kill Dozer. Yeah, this thing, this thing fires up and it kills those. We cut to the inside. Invisibly, the gear gets engaged by right. something unseen and fires up by itself and starts chasing very slowly, but right. consistently again, chasing Charles after Charles. Charles Durning's like, yeah, I just, uh, I ate seventeen uh, eggs this morning. <laughs> it's a kill Dozer. Could get kill dozed. He runs away from the thresher, and as he's running, he doesn't notice that there's a, 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 a non-moving scarecrow that's in front of him that is holding a pitchfork and right. manages to impale himself um, on a stationary pitchfork. Yeah, and the way that it's shown is Charles Durning is running, and he's like, oh, kill uh, uh, just I gotta get, gotta get away from uh, kill side of him. Just, uh, <laughs> so, so many kill doses, and then... Yeah, there's a sploosh there's noise. There's a splat sound. And then... Uh, and then he and looks down looks, and, oh. and pulls back and pulls himself off of the uh, off the pitchfork. He stumbles backwards. At this point, the thresher shuts down. Right. And uh, it, he it swears he, to Kildos never again. It says, <laughs> "Son of Kildozer will return." <laughs> he collapses on the ground and then ends up dying. Right. Mary Lee then uh, is playing with flowers again in the no. She had been hiding. She had been hiding. And then there's footsteps. Something comes up to her, and she looks up. No, she well, she she hands uh, a, a a giant scarecrow is looking down on her. Right, and she says, "Oh, Bubba, good to see you." She hands him a flower. <laughs> she really does play it super casual, considering she was just chased by this guy, and then she watched him get stabbed. She's she like, went, "Oh, hey, yo, you, what's up, good man? Good to see ya." She hands him a flower, and she says, "Bubba, good to see you." Tomorrow, I'm going to show you how to play the chasing game. And that's the end of The Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. So, Mark, what did we think of The Dark Knight of the Scarecrow? Andrew, I love this It movie. was amazing. So There was so many. I thought, based on the premise, you see it on paper, especially now in 2018, that Everything is now a killer whatever. It's right. like, oh, we're going to do a Jason, but it's a it's a killer uh, doll. It's a right. killer puppet. Cat. It's a killer uh, go- gorilla. Oh. Yes, killer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
and so when I heard what the the premise was, especially since Friday the 13th had been the year before, I was like, right. oh, okay, this is going to be dumb. It's going to be a guy dressed as a scarecrow, and he's going to be chasing these guys, and it's it's you're replacing Jason for the scarecrow. Fine. But it's that's not the case at all. No. It's, it's because the chilling tale. we only see the scarecrow in the last 90 seconds of this film and maybe for two minutes in at the end of act one right that's the only time we see it and it's a it's a terrifying that mask by the way yeah like it's spooky upsetting is what it is it's a great mask it's a great design of of the the look of this thing and uh it's a it's a wonderful movie i i can't say enough positive things about it because it's surprising it's it's uh it's upsetting it's fun to watch Charles Durning is such a scumbag in this as well. Yes. I was reading some reviews on this and some people were knocking this movie saying like, oh, they Charles Durning wasn't believable as the uh, as the Oh, uh, I bought it. I as, <laughs> as yeah, this piece as, of as shit. the villain. Yeah. I was like, no, this guy is a scumbag. He's and and like obviously he's he's some like bureaucrat that has got some pull in the town and right. you can't touch him because he's you know, it's one of the good old boys and it's it's uh it's a it's a great film. It's it's a movie that I'm surprised Seek it out. I'm I'm surprised more people haven't talked about or you haven't necessarily read about somewhere because there's a lot of good performances all around and uh the fact that they made it for TV is you know the only thing that you would notice that it was made for TV is because it's 4 by 3 and probably isn't it's I bet if it were made for the big screen you'd probably get more blood, blood. out of it yes. cuz you don't really see much of anything in terms of violence like the the shot where Charles Durning gets impaled you don't actually see anyone get impaled he just kind of pulls back and now there's blood there's blood on his shirt on his shirt right and we're left to the imagination that oh he he ran headlong into a fucking pitchfork right but it all loops back around it's there are all these weird little character quirks as well like all the stuff with Charles Durning where he's lies to people to say that he, like actively doesn't he drink hides his alcoholism and then, uh, yeah, and then it's like, obviously, Lane Smith is an alcoholic right. and open drinks up, all the time, but like, alcoholic. why do you have to lie in this circumstance? Who right. It's like, it's some fucking backwoods town in the middle of nowhere. Do you really need to keep up appearances that you're not a fucking alcoholic? Right. I Well, I think that's all part of his character. Like, that's why he wears the Postal Service outfit all the time. To just like, act like a big shot? Yeah, he wants to feel like a big shot because maybe he was a big shot in the army and then he got discharged for probably killing a mentally yeah, impaired just, person. <laughs> it's like what he does when he gets drunk. Uh, so he's like, all right. But I can still be a man in uniform, and I can still be a big man who commands drunks. That's right, a bunch of a bunch, a bunch of, of ill-taught drunk dickheads. Yokels. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it's there's like that stuff, and all the stuff with like it, even in that scene where they're talking about the. I love that. I love that the one character that's explaining everything is Charles Durning is just like stuffing food into his <laughs> yes. face has a very specific routine that he's like, I knew exactly when the ambulance showed up because I went on my walk exactly yes. at five in the morning. The ambulance showed up at five thirty five. Like there's a lot of little things in this film that I think help carry it. And the fact that it's not uh, it's not a by the numbers thing, especially since 
No, it's not by the numbers at all. It, because Charles Durning kills three people. That's right. That's and what the I'm Scarecrow saying. kills the two people. Lane, yeah, he kills Lane and Charles Durning. Yes, because uh, Charles Durning kills the mechanic. Right, and then the well, no, he kills a fat guy. That okay. So three, three We're even. Right, and then they have a conversation where it's an eye for an eye. I was assuming that the mother was involved in some That's sort of circumstance, yeah. but apparently not. But then, then it does raise a question: like, is the scarecrow like telepathic? I think so. If it can control the killdozer, it seems. Yeah, it's his ghost. It's his spirit. It seems to be is inhabiting the form things. of the scarecrow. So when that things. wind kicked up, that was that's him, that's him leaving and right. being like, "I'm gonna get you." I guess that makes sense, but it's um, no, it's a great movie. I suggest tracking it down. It's obviously made in 1981, so maybe it seems a little hokey, but I don't think so. No. I think something like this could absolutely I, be made today. I thought it was timeless. I thought you could see all of these drunks out in the woods right now, today. I was like, this is this is still topical. I mean... Nothing in, nothing in this small town has changed. I mean, I, ultimately, I think if this were made today, what would end up happening is... Um, the uh they would age down the cast yeah that's yes but this is because I, I think i texted you saying like this is easily my favorite movie about old fat white people killing a mentally handicapped person but at, at the, the thing is though is that makes it entirely believable that it's a bunch of these group this group of like 40 to 50 something shithead old yokels right. that are in the middle of nowhere that are like well, we don't like this guy. We got to strike him down. We we need to get rid of this guy. And now they're going to get picked off one by one. Nowadays, it would be like, well, one's a I know what you did. broker. Yeah, that's kind of like. I know like, what you did last summer is very similar. Right. But it's, again, age down. Yeah, it's a bunch of now. A bunch of late, Drunk teenagers. late teens, early 20s. And then it's the violence goes all the way up. I don't think you need all that. I, and I think the paranoia is the thing that sets it apart. It's one thing if it was like, um, you know, they struck him down and then it's like, now he's out for revenge. And then just one after another, after right. another, after another. But the, the paranoia of of uh, Charles Durning is the thing that implodes this entire thing to begin with. Right. Where he's like, one of you is turning on the rest of us. And, try, and if not that, one of you is going to confess. Right. So what do I got? What are my options here? Right, because murder he murders his own. He murders uh, the mother. He terrorizes this child. Like, right? It's uh, it's a, it's great. It's it's a, a wonderful film. I have nothing but positive things to say about it. It's a surprise that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting this to be a dumb, like made-for-TV slasher. slasher, which would have been incredibly lame. Yeah, but they managed to take their restrictions on blood and gore and violence and nudity. And turn it on its ear and put Charles Durning at the front of it and say, this is this is what we this got. Is, yeah. It's a vehicle for Seek Charles Durning. Seek it out. <laughs> well, that's going to, that's that ends our discussion on the Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Mark. But we look forward to next month, November. November. Movember. The, the turkey month. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to be discussing in November, we have another theme month, Mark. This time around, we're going to be talking about failed television pilots that were converted into 90 minute two hour long television movie spectaculars you know yeah. all your favorites this Some... happens more often than you think 
Somebody makes an extended television pilot hoping to sell it by, you know, it come, premieres in a big splashy way. And then right. they say, stay tuned because in September it's going to be a, an, a, this a every weekly week. series. And then people see the thing and go, wow, oh, I don't care about oh, that this shit. Is, this is, this this is the worst. But they already spent the money to make it when they test when they test marketed it, or the ratings were bad. Right. And now so we got to air it. Somewhere. We just air it somewhere, and now it's a dumb special, and it ate up two hours of our life, and we never have to think about it again until now. But for next week, our first crack at this failed TV movie month is from 1973, and it's baffled. Were these the forces of evil, or just a childish prank? <laughs> Why should Duncan Sanford send for his wife and his daughter and then not turn up? Why? Could Duncan have hypnotized Jennifer in some way? In these mysterious surroundings, even death has its resurrection. Put your arms around your mother, child. She's had such a fright. Was it sorcery, superstition, or black magic? There's a girl's hands, and she's squeezing a leaf. The girl, is it Jennifer? I can't tell. It's it's all hazy. Baffled. <laughs> Starring Leonard Nimoy, Susan Hampshire, Vera Miles, and Rachel Roberts. A perplexing puzzle of action, drama, and mystery, which ventures into the realms of the unknown. Ooh. Next week. That's right, 1973's Baffled, starring Leonard Nimoy as a psychic race car driver. I, I, I'm, I'm baffled already, Mark. I, I believe to be baffled is to be on t- on your head, to be he- suspended by your feet so that you're upside down is strictly what baffling means. That sounds terrifying. Right. I don't want to do that. I don't want to watch that show. That's the, No, turn it off. Turn, turn it off. Well, Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of Television Movie Night. You can always contact us via our email address at tvmovienightpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on soundcloud.com forward slash tvmovienightpodcast. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tvmovienight. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review there, which always helps us out. Or you can listen to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher, which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. All that information and more at soundcloud.com forward slash TV movie night podcast. Mark, is there anything else that you'd like to say? If you see me this week, please don't scare me. No, not at all? I don't want to be scared. Not even like a... Yeah, no, I got too much on my plane. Well, at the back half of the week, can I scare you in like November? Like November 1st? Yeah, that's fun. Oh, it's All Saints Day! Yay!